This is Observations Q&O Podcast for Friday, the 2nd of April, 2021. And yes, I did hit the post exactly. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. And I'm Bruce McQuain. And um, Joe Biden is still president. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> don't, don't ask me how, but there you have it. He's still or, so, or so they say, anyway, right? Um, yeah, I just can't. You know, it's it's a never-ending stream of bad ideas coming out of Washington D.C. Wow, and, that's an understatement. <laughs> and there's, you know, I I wonder what is it that can be done to to combat this stuff, and I honestly can't think of a. Of, of a darn thing. You know, we've got these bills that have these wonderful sounding names like, oh, an infrastructure bill to repair our infrastructure. Although only 15% of the spending is it has anything to do with roads or trains or bridges, planes or yeah. bridges or anything like that. It's 85% just boondoggle. And Everybody, oh yeah, we need yeah, we need infrastructure. Well, and that's why that's exactly the psychology behind naming these bills and, and calling them what they aren't. Is you know the headline readers like and go, yeah, we need infrastructure, and never get any further than that. So they support it. You know, yeah, we support infrastructure. Well, would you be interested to know that only like uh, six hundred billion of that two hundred and nine trillion they're talking about goes towards bridges and roads and you know, real infrastructure. Oh, really? But they never get that far, Dale. No, because they hear the name. Well, you know, it, it. this is not a new thing. Right after 9-11, we got the Patriot Act. I mean, True. How could you be against patriotism? Right. Right. Well, you know, it's, I mean, that, that it's, it's just a common practice in Washington to name whatever you read. Whenever you read the name of a bill, you you must learn to understand that exactly the opposite is what is in there. In fact, was, if if what the title says is in there is actually in there, consider your, is in there at all. Consider yourself lucky. Exactly. <laughs> now these are just big boondoggle bills, payoff bills. Uh, they're they're uh, they're going to push through stuff that they couldn't push through any other way. Uh, and use exactly the, the point you made. How can you be against infrastructure? Yeah, just like the you know the Patriot Act. Well, I think the Patriot Act has some fairly dangerous and anti-civil libertarian things in it. Why do you hate America yeah. and freedom? <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, it's well, you know, it's it's no different. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's no different than than the reaction to the the, the voting uh, integrity bill in Georgia. Uh, you know, it's nobody reads it. Nobody looks at it. They just know that the, the talking points say it's bad. And so when, when Congress comes out, you know, I mean, my God, Joe Biden's putting out a, a whole bunch of people to sell this, uh, quote, infrastructure bill, end quote, to the American people. And they're going to go around and, and, you know, blow hot air up their skirts and say this is the most wonderful thing you can imagine look what we're going to do and what they'll do is they'll talk about the 600 billion 
that they're going to spend on roads and bridges, and they won't say a word about the other $2 trillion that they're going to spend on other shit. You know what amazes me is the level of dishonesty that they're allowed to get away with with stuff. Not not just with the infrastructure bill, but you brought up the the Georgia thing, and oh, for uh, God's sake. you know you had Jen Psaki going out talking to the press corps saying, "Well, look, you know, if, if you close the polls at five, people can't go vote." And, yeah, and they're and no, literally and open from seven a.m. to seven p.m. twelve yeah, hours and, and, twelve hours a day, and one guy from Fox Business uh, pushed back slightly on that. And all the rest of these people, the Jim Acostas of the world, just sat there and supinely accepted, oh, yes, they close at 5 o'clock. It's, it's a lie. Not only yeah, is it a lie, a, but they must know lie. it to be a lie. And they're, you know, where's, where's my Washington Post fact checkers on uh, the Biden administration? Well, they actually got Biden uh, on, the, uh, on exactly that. that that's, uh, you know, he, they, he got four Pinocchios for that. But by that time, it really didn't matter, did it? Um, it, I mean, it's, it's nuts. He got, he got four Pinocchios, uh, for, for, um, uh, his, uh, talking about that, the, uh, the, uh, when the polls opened and closed and, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, and here's, what's interesting today after Biden got on ESPN and said, gee, they ought to pull the all-star game from Atlanta. They did, you know, major league baseball who has a, a spine of jello, uh, you know, they, they, they caved and here's, here's the interesting thing about it and it, that, that people don't seem to, to freaking understand is th this particular city, uh, Atlanta is the second largest, uh, black majority, uh, area in America, the second largest black metro area in America. And, uh, you know, what they're doing by pulling this is they're, they're hurting a black majority city. So they don't really care about blacks. They don't really care a thing about them. They just care about pandering to the woke. And that's what they're doing. And that's all they need to do because that's who their money is coming from and that's who the votes are coming from. And, and therefore... Um, those are the only people they have to satisfy. All you people who are voters who think that you have some uh, some magical control over the politicians with your voting behavior, I got bad news for you. Yeah. You don't. Now here's here, here's some irony for you. You know, Major League Baseball headquarters in the Hall of Fame is in New York, right? Yeah. Did you know New York has more restrictive voting laws than Georgia? In New York... They only offer nine days of early voting versus 17 in Georgia. And it has excuse only absentee voting, and it's illegal to offer food and water to people standing in line to vote in New York. Imagine that. But, you know, let's pull this damn thing from those old redneck Jim Crow bastards in Georgia. Yeah. And, le and let's pretend like none of the, you know, they're just what they, what, what we say they are instead of what they really are. And what they really are, are people who've, who have, uh, uh, well, you, you know, Dan, you know who Dan McLaughlin is, yeah. good old baseball crank. Well, I, Dan's a pretty straight shooter. I mean, this is a guy who he'll, he'll call his own side out as quickly as he'll call the other side out. All right. Well, he has been in a running battle with people over this law, which was interesting to me because he lives in Virginia. <laughs> and and finally, he wrote to one. He was he was kind of disgusted. This was this was all going on on Facebook when one of his articles had gone up talking about how 
Joe Biden had had uh, basically lied about everything. And he he went in and read read the law. And here's his summary was it expand. And this is him speaking. He says it expands weekend voting statewide and it makes it more uniform. It makes drop boxes permanent law where they were previously an emergency measure. It compels localities with long lines to add more precincts and voting machines. It creates more state oversight of incompetent and misbehaving local officials. It expands eligibility to be a poll worker. It allows illiterate people to have others fill out their absentee ballots. It requires jails to give access to people to apply for absentee ballots so long as they're legally eligible. On the whole, it creates broader access to voting in Georgia than existed before 2020. Not one thing in the bill bars anyone from voting. Yeah, but um, what is it Winston Churchill said? A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth can tie its shoes. Yep, and that's right. And that's where we are right now. That and the fact, as my my lovely wife pointed out to me today, uh, people only, people uh, tune in uh, to their, to whoever carries their narrative and reads whoever writes their narrative so these things are never brought to their attention. So they're, they're absolutely shocked, shocked, I tell you, when they finally discovered this has all been a lie. And then they pretty much blow it off. Yeah, well, it's, it's too late now. The damage has already been done. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal to me to watch this happen because, um, you know, this, is, this, this thing that ML, Major League Baseball is doing is based on pure fiction yep oh and then and then we had this well i was uh, i won't use the word i started to use (laughs) (laughs) easy yeah this asshole at delta uh who decided that uh you know it would be smart for him to well this is uh, here's the story on him first he praised the law Okay, because they had been in consultation with the state and and he he thought it was a good law and that that it it was uh, well founded, et cetera. Then two days later, he comes out and and just absolutely slams it. You know, he says, here's what he said. He said, I need to make it crystal clear that the final bill is unacceptable and does not match Delta's values. Well, Apparently, it is yeah, well, business as usual with the Chinese. You know, China is actually involved in impression, not to mention, you know, the genocide of the Uyghurs and all that. But one supposes that does match Delta's values because they still do business there. Oh, yeah. well, how, how, how does how does 40 million in tax breaks match their values? Yeah, well, they're, they're still going to get them. Uh, the Senate wouldn't wouldn't pass that. But I will I will challenge them to do something. If they don't, if they think the, the, the idea requirements are so oppressive, hey, let folks just get on your airplanes without showing ID, okay? How about that? Yeah, well, that's that's always the thing. You have to have an. Everybody says you have to have an ID to. Uh, you have to have an ID to get on a plane, but you don't have to have an ID to vote. What's yeah, that? so I challenge the old Delta CEO. Hey, just drop the just drop that requirement, that ID requirement. See how it goes for you, okay, bud? Yeah, well, of course, that's a government requirement that they can't drop. Oh, I know, but, you know, hypocrisy is hypocrisy. Yeah, well, it's yeah. funny. The government thinks an idea is vitally necessary to do a whole bunch of stuff, uh, but not to vote. Okay. Yeah, isn't that hilarious?
So anyway, that's the, the, the that's what's pissed me off this week to watch these two yahoos, uh, you know, these two organizations uh, do value free virtue signaling uh, and, and literally hurt the, the supposed people they support. I mean, it's just, you know, God almighty, pull it from a from a black majority city that hadn't seen a Republican mayor since 1878. <laughs> yeah, well, this is you the, know? this is the world we live in now. We're, uh, well, it's everything everything is is ruled by whether or not you're sufficiently woke. Yep, it, it's you know, it be it, it is the idiocracy. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, that's I, what we live in. And by the way, ask me if I'm going to be flying Delta. No, I'm not. I'll be. I'll I'll drive before I fly Delta. I this crap, you know. I'm sorry, but I just I, I can't play this game anymore. I can't support people who and corporations who, uh, you know, try to alienate 50 percent of their, their customer base uh, with stupidity like that. What in the hell happened to 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 uh, companies going out there and saying, hey, we're here to sell whatever. Yeah, this is a political we matter. To, we, we, yeah, we, this is a political matter, and we stay out of political business. We, we fly people to places. That's what yes. we do. Yes. And we're happy and, to know, fly the, anyone anywhere. The other thing I wanted to say to the old CEO of Delta is, hey, how about checking out your customer service? You can't do a little better job on that because your customer service sucks. So, you know. It's more and, important, and though. Brand. It's more important, though, that you mouth the appropriate pieties. Apparently. Apparently it is. Apparently it is more important in the bottom line. It, apparently it's more important in the job you do. Apparently it's fine if you piss off 50% of your customer base. Yeah, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me other than they must feel some pressure from somewhere to do this sort of stuff. And I don't understand that. Where, where's this pressure coming from? I, you know, a I bunch of loudmouths. Yeah, I don't get it either. You know, I, I was, over the last couple of months, we've watched at various uh, journalistic outlets like the New York Times, the nation's, well, what they believe to be, uh, they believe themselves to be the nation's premier uh, journalistic outlet. Um, but other places, you know, Huffington Post, Vox, and whatever where people are just tossed out because they don't have the right opinions or the entire staff gets together and demands changes um, that, that fundamentally it, change the mission. And instead of being told, well, how about this? If you don't like it, work somewhere else. That's um, it. And that's the, he, that's the thing that you, you have, you have hit on it. You know, basically we hear about students running schools, staff, running the New York Times, um, you know, it's what happened to leadership and, you know, those that uh, were supposedly in charge? Where, where did we get these lily-livered people and how did they get in the positions they're in that we see this crap all the time? Uh, you know, uh, uh, college presidents caving in to just the most ridiculous and asinine uh, demands. Uh, uh, CEOs uh, flipping in two days and, and saying exactly the opposite of what they said two days before. What, how does this guy run a company with a spine like that? Yep, don't know. And as far as Delta goes, <laughs> apparently not super well, but... No. 
it, I, it just, you know, it, it's, I was having a long talk with, with my wife. And I, I you know, it, it, it's something you and I were, were briefly chatted about before we came on. You know, we've been looking at politics and following this stuff and, and seeing political and social and cultural trends that, have, you know, that we've talked about for years. And we're now seeing it come to fruition. And for us, it's not a surprise. For a lot of people out there, they're just shocked at how much change they're now seeing in the country they thought they lived in. And it just clearly isn't the same country anymore. Well, and that, that and the fact that before, the, before they became awakened politically, you know, aware politically, whatever you want to call it, um, they basically lived in their local world. And their local world was fine, you know. You, you know, as I've said many times, you go to the grocery store, you say hi to people. It doesn't matter what color there are. Everybody's courteous and nice. And then you awaken to po- politically and you see, God, the world's nothing but strife. It's all about race. Oh, my God. When did this happen? Who are these guys? And you watch, you watch the political process take place, and then you watch the media process take place, and, and you can't believe your eyes, you know, uh, like, like the Georgia voting law. Uh, you, you're there. You've worked voting for years. You know exactly what the law is saying and doing, and yet then you read the media or watch the media, and it's like they're talking about something on another planet. Well, yeah, there's that, and there's also the fact that because we don't have, um, because we really don't have a reliable media in this country, there and there's a, such a high level of distrust what the media tells you, people are trying to find alternative sources of information, and they almost invariably True. get pulled into this um, this weird, you know, conspiratorial world. Where True. you know people say stuff, and sometimes you know completely false. Um, Chris watched this one thing on BitChute, some video where this guy's saying, "Hey, um, they're uh, th- they've dispatched the USS Mercy to the Suez Canal because of this uh, ever given thing, and also the Russians are getting involved, and they're going to go on and inspect the ship, and we don't know what's going on, and just just lunacy." And, you know, Chris asked me about it. I went straight to ShipFinder. And as it turns out, the U.S. Mercy is literally steaming in circles off the coast of, between Carlsbad and Encinitas right next to us. Um, and, and said, well, look, you can – they're clearly not there. They're clearly here. We, we have their, their you know, uh, GPS tracking right here. And to, well, how do you know it's true? Who do you? How do you know that stuff is true or false? Where do you go? How do you find out these things when everybody is just full of shit? Well, that's the problem. If only there was some profession that was dedicated to uh, <laughs> to reporting facts about events of public concerns, perhaps in a journal which is published on a daily or weekly basis. But then you have the example of the last four years and the Russian hoax that, you know, you, you, you see this carried by the very journals that they're supposed to be out there doing exactly what you say. And for four years, they, they, you know, carried water for these hoaxers. So how do you then 
uh, decide what is real or not for well for us it's experience yeah i mean at this point we've got pretty fine bullshit detectors exactly Um, and i mean most and 99 percent of what i read is bullshit but for, for those that are new to this uh, and have been scared by it, uh, some of this stuff uh, is believable enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if you haven't been following politics for the last 20 years, or 30 years in my case, then you, you really, you know, don't really have a, a, a grasp of how this stuff really works. I think Chris told me something um, several months ago. Um, after watching what was going on in Washington and she's waking up, she says, you know, I used to think that people in politics were like the smartest and most (laughs) experienced people. And that's how they got their jobs. (laughs) No, no. These are people who have the charisma of used car salesmen. Yeah. And they hoodwink people into voting for them. It literally is people who, who, as long as you can convince the local car dealers to give you money, you can get into Congress. That's literally <laughs> the only skill that getting into Congress measures. Well, and yeah, and over the years you've watched who's gotten into Congress and how. You know, oh, so-and-so died. Well, let's put his wife in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you've watched this over and over again. Who, who shows up in Congress to go, what? Why are they in Congress and what are they? Well, well, here we go. It would be like being on an airplane and someone saying, I think this man is having a heart attack. Is there a doctor? Excuse me. My father was a doctor. And? (laughs) (laughs) It gives you no credibility. And, of course, you know, in Congress, and Chris didn't believe, I had to show it to her because she thought there's no way this is going to be true. But the, the, the best quote that's ever been in Congress, my fear is that the island will become so overpopulated that it will tip over and capsize. Yeah, and he's actually better than the one he replaced, (laughs) Cynthia McKinney. Yeah, and he's an improvement over what came before. he's actually an improvement over (laughs) Cynthia McKinney, my God, who actually, who ran for president in the Green Party. I mean, yeah, it's... uh... (laughs) It is it is amazing, and and once you realize that, uh, and you look at the the quality of the work they turn out, you understand why we're in the position we're in and the mess we're in. And by the way, one of the things that bothers me about Joe Biden being president is that he is a guy that other politicians in Washington thought was dumb. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. No, he's uh, he has never ever impressed anyone with his <clears throat> intelligence. No, uh, Joe is one. Joe is one of those guys who his claim to fame is he's hung around a long time. I mean, really, that's it. You know, Washington is a seniority society, uh, and, and so Joe's hung around long enough and got that little gambit as vice president. Uh, to so so he's got a CV that looks impressive, but the work's not. You know, the, the the his presidential campaign might as well have had the slogan, Joe Biden, because it's his turn. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, that's why Dole ran, for God's sake. It was his turn. Yeah, of That's course. why McCain ran. It was his turn. And, boy, that's, that's, really, that's really worked out well, hasn't it? 
Yep. So, yeah, yeah, and to those who have become recently woke, uh, well, I won't say, that's that's the wrong word, awakened, and who are now, have become political junkies, and this will all even out for them eventually. Their, their bullshit detector will, will uh, tune up and be fine. But in the meantime, oh, and the other thing we talked about earlier, you know, is, is the fact that they, they tend to fall on one side or the other, and so that's what they read and listen to. And that just fans that flame. Whereas you and I at least had the benefit of you know, back to our blogging days and, and uh, uh, some days earlier than that, the benefit of actually debating the other side. That doesn't happen anymore. doesn't happen at all. No. Uh, a, lot, a lot of name calling, but no real debating. No, this this whole thing about the internet that was supposed to give us access to the sum total of human knowledge and make us all smarter and more well informed has devolved into just basically who can I listen to that says what I want to hear. That's right. You're exactly right. And for most people, that's all it is. And of course, you know, with the the press in in certainly in this country just being. Well, I think Glenn Reynolds has had it right for over a decade now. Democratic operatives with bylines. Oh, there's no question about that. They, you know, they and used to try and hide it a little bit. They don't even try and hide it. And I just find it weird that I have to go to places like Agence France Press and the Daily Mail and yeah. Die Welt uh, to actually get news. You're abs- That's absolutely true. That's exactly what you have to do. I mean, that's uh, because their journalism doesn't seem to be as far gone well, as being in the tank as ours do. Yeah, and they're reporting on another country, so they're they're more likely to uh, uh, report it uh, much more factually than people who are trying to, you know, hold up a narrative. Although the BBC does get a little iffy from time to time. <laughs> Gee, what a surprise, huh? <laughs> Um, I'm reminded of the, I'm reminded of the famous, um, the famous episode of Yes Minister, where they wanted to get the BBC to do something, and the BBC guy kept saying, you know, there's no, a question of the BBC, you know, bowing under government pressure, and then they started talking about, well, you know, we could do this, and we could allow another channel to appear, and we could do that. And he says, well, of course, uh, if it's a question of fairness. Then obviously that's a, that's a uh, now. There's no question of us bowing to government pressure. Oh, perish the thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I saw something today. I think it was uh, a clip uh, where, um, oh, I know what it, what it was. Uh, a do- one of the doctors uh, f- from um, Stanford. Anyway, so one, one, one of the doctors uh, that they brought on to uh, CNN to talk to old Andrew Cuomo about uh, vaccines and passports and all that good stuff. And she's talking along and she says, you know, she says the policy is way behind uh, what's going on right now. You know, there are states that are hoping open up 100 percent. And she says, as soon as that happens and people go back to normal, what's the carrot to get them into uh, uh, getting this vaccine? What I mean, they're already, you know, going out and, and uh, back to normal again. There's no carrot or no incentive for them to, to get the vaccine. And the basic message was, so we need to scare them again. 
and hopefully shut it down enough to get people to go out and get this vaccine. And well, I'm thinking, my God, I, I, are, are you supposed to say that out loud? I, <laughs> I think we saw at least one shot across the bow from that whenever um, the new head of the CDC for Joe Biden <sighs> Um, nearly broke down in tears about you know the horrors that were awaiting us uh, because we weren't listening to their advice with enough uh, alacrity. Um, yeah, and then she came out and said, oh, but if you've been vaccinated after two weeks, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. You're immune. You don't have to, you, don't, you can go do anything you want to. And immediately people all over, <clears throat> what she meant was, yeah, because they're really we... working this to to keep you, you know, masked up and and isolated and all this. Oh stuff. well, that's I mean, of course that's amazing. that's the newest guidance from this week. Well, even though you've been yeah. vaccinated, still practice social distancing, still wear your mask, still do this. Uh, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you're safe. Well, then, okay, then then then, then why get the vaccine? Why did I take the vaccine? I mean, yeah. the vaccine is supposed to render me immune to the disease if it doesn't and i can't change my life in any way and i can't go back to normal why would i take the vaccine yeah why then screw it let's go out and party till we die i mean <laughs> the the incentive for getting the vaccine is that you can go back to normal not get the vaccine and you still have to live under our thumb well then why get the vaccine at all yep if i gotta that's kind of the, if i gotta stay home the, and wear a mask if i don't then what's the point that's kind of the dilemma they're caught in right now, trying to explain that. But it feels so good to have direct control over people's lives. Yeah, and that's exactly where they are and exactly what they're doing. You know, once you give people freedom, they go off and do what they want to do, not what you want them to do. Kind of like Bill Clinton said he didn't want to give us a, give us that uh, tax rebate because he was afraid of what we'd spend it on. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think you'd spend that money in the right way. Yeah. Well, this is basically, we're, we're looking at the same thing right now with the, the vax, you know. It, it's, a, it's all about control. And it's, uh, it's really, really, really scary if you think about it. I mean, we're talking about this vaccine passport. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, a, a freaking disease with a 99% recovery rate. We're, wor we're worried about walking around with a vaccine uh, passport, for goodness sake. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who say that's the best way of doing it. And, you know, the WHO, I mean, to their credit, um, has said repeatedly there are no plans to make vaccination mandatory or anything like that, but... You know, what they say well, for, and what the people in the Democratic Party are now saying seem to be not the same message. Well, first of all, and I think we, we've talked about this before, this isn't a vaccination. This is a freaking flu shot. Uh, it doesn't vaccinate us against anything. In fact, they're talking about us having to take this yearly, just like a flu shot. I don't walk around with a flu vaccine passport. I don't expect to walk around with a, another version of the flu pa vaccine passport either yeah I, I i just can't imagine this actually getting passed well yeah I, I i would like to say that too but we live in a different time in a different place you know that was then and this is now and right now it wouldn't surprise me in the least yeah well it's a it's a scary prospect you know, and I, it, this is one of the other things that, that Chris was saying the other day. She says, I mean, it looks like we're being taken over. 
Um, and she said, and as it turns out, she's absolutely right about this. This is exactly what Donald Trump said would happen if he lost the election, that these people <laughs> would go crazy and take over our lives. Well, you know, Donald Trump wasn't wrong about everything. No, he these, wasn't. These people do want to control our lives. They, they don't think that we are smart enough to live our own lives or make rational calculations about what our own interests are. They are, and you know, look, Thomas Sowell pegged this 25 years ago with the vision of the anointed. That's exactly yep. what they see themselves as. They're the anointed ones who have a vision, and it's our job to do whatever their vision tells us we should do. And if we don't, then we need to be restrained. And so now we're seeing it come around with the loss of gun rights that they're planning. Uh, Joe Biden is going to says he's going to do some uh, executive order that will. I don't know what executive order could he impose um, that wouldn't violate federal law. Um, the whole speech thing now. I mean, look, they they pulled the interview that. Laura Trump did with Donald Trump this last week because it had Donald Trump's voice on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's not a content thing. That's just a, we don't like Donald Trump. We're going to ban him. And so he can't even speak on our platform. Yeah. And, yeah. This is just like what goes on in the colleges, you know, where they run off uh, uh, conservative speakers. Uh, they pitch a fit until they're disinvited. Well, Donald Trump's been disinvited from big tech. Although the the word is that uh, he is working on a social media platform, uh, and as is Mike Lindell, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. So, by the way, I was gonna I was gonna tell you about a a thing I saw with. Uh, you know who Mark Elias is the the, the lefty super lawyer. Uh, I I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he he put out a tweet this week with a with a. Georgia driver's license picture and he said the new Georgia law requires voters to submit ID to vote by mail if they use their driver's license they need to provide the number and he says one of these numbers looking at the picture he put up below is correct if they put the other one it'll be rejected are you sure you would pick the right one and, it, it, and at the top it says driver's license okay and right below that it says DL NO period and then there's a number and then right. down in the bottom right there's I this saw little the picture. tiny number yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Charles, who's a black guy, says, "Thank God for white progressives. They're out there looking out for us, poor dumb Negroes who can't figure out how to find out a driver's license number. What would we do without them?" <laughs> and that's it. That's the soft bigotry you get from the left all the time. Well, not. I, I won't say. I'm. I'm not they just sure. Do soft bigotry. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. In some cases, it's it's not soft at all. Not so soft. Yeah, but that's it. That's, you know, they, to me, when I see that crap, uh, like Elias put out there, that's exactly what a, you poor dumb people, if you didn't have me to save you from yourselves, you'd be in bondage. That's basically what he said. You know, and, and <laughs> uh, you know, why blacks put up with that crap, I'll never know. Uh, well, you know, not all do, obviously. Some, uh, right. Yeah. Some yeah, obviously. Charles certainly didn't you know, punch back at that and say, what are you saying? That we're too stupid to figure out a driver's license number? That and we that's have exactly no agency, what that yeah. we have no responsibility? <laughs> because that's exactly what they're saying. 
a lot yeah. of time. It's like I've said before, you know, some of these arguments are indistinguishable from shit that Orville Faubus and Lester Maddox and George yes. Wallace was saying in the 1950s. You're exactly right. That type, exactly that type of bigotry. Uh, well, they, they, they're not quite capable of taking care of themselves, so we have to take care of them. And this is how we do it with these Jim Crow laws. Yeah, I think, who was it? Was it was it Orville Faubus who said, well, you know, they're still suffering from the legacy of slavery, so we're going to need to take care of them until they've recovered. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And guess what? That's the exact argument that we're being that we're being given today. Yeah. Yeah, they're still recovering from the legacy of slavery. I guess we're just going to have to take care of them. It's it's such a paternalistic argument. And look, it must be effective, effective enough to get these people elected to get them into power, because if it wasn't, they wouldn't make it, you would think. Well, it seems to work on our, at least uh, a large enough portion of the black vote to get, you know, make it solidly democratic. But I think there are a lot of um, you know, blacks that are kind of peeling away from that. And I think, you know, we, we saw the gains that Trump made over the last uh, pre, uh, Republican presidential, uh, well, his first presidential run and this this presidential run. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, as the more upper, upwardly mobile blacks, uh, that, that group continues to grow, uh, they're going to look at the left and what they want and look at the right and what they offer and say, yeah, you know, that's really not I, that that leftist side doesn't really do the best for me and my family. And look, it, it, it gets so weird. Um, who is that that doctor? His last name is Goo. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Goo. He's yeah, I know who you're talking. He's about. The, you know the super woke doctor, Eugene Goo. Yeah, Eugene Goo. That's who it is. Eugene Goo, M.D. Um, who opined this week? Well, you know the real reason for black on Asian violence is white supremacy. Wow, yeah. white supremacy is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. There, because, is, is there anything it's... it can't do? Yeah, it strips African-Americans of their ep economic opportunities while taking respect and dignity away from Asian-Americans. Oh, and also white people in power are experts at dividing and conquering to stay in power. So there you go. Yeah. So how about these white people are in power now, Eugene? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you're concerned about white supremacy, maybe Joe Biden's career isn't is best not closely looked at. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, Mister. I don't want my kids going to a jungle school. A jungle. Bussing. Huh? Yeah, a jungle. A racial jungle. Yeah. A yeah. Fought bussing tooth and freaking nail. Yeah. Funny how uh, Kamala Harris doesn't seem to care about that much anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, she's in the big house now. <laughs> She's in the big house now. She's, uh, yeah, she's fine with that shit now. Yeah, and every time you see Joe, there she is, right behind him, measuring, measuring drapes. <laughs> yeah, the, and do, that clip of her this week talking and just breaking into that cackle, um, that's that's just incomprehensible to me. What what the hell is well, funny? What the hell is amusing? Yeah. What, it's, it, it, what, what is interesting about it? Uh, what's funny about it is it's, it's a tell. 
Uh, when she is uncomfortable and doesn't know the answer, that's where she heads. And so, uh, you know, that's, so here comes the cackle. And apparently she, you know, and she does it all the time where you see it. So apparently she's often uncomfortable and, and uh, without a clue. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Uh, you know, she's, she's, she's on a par with uh, was Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Who oh, this week says, crap. we shouldn't call it a border surge. It's not a military operation. <laughs> what? I, I laugh. <laughs> it's so not an insurgency. What? Oh, God. She is, she is absolutely clueless. You are as yeah. dumb as they come. She really is. I mean, that's what's awful about it. I mean, but but the other side of and that, the, she oh, has wait, a the, huge, wait, the, the, huge following who just, you know, Hannah. hang on her every word. But the other thing she did this week is like, well, let's not forget, who, you know, yeah, these people are in horrible conditions on the border, but let's not forget who built these cages. Yeah, um, Barack yeah, it Obama. Was, it was Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> got some bad news for you. Mm, I'll tell you. I, I loved it. What, what was their other uh, line? It's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also also it's a carceral crisis. I guess you learned a new word. You used carceral <laughs> a lot of times this week. That's yeah, well, you know, whenever you learn a new word, you want to use it as often as possible. That's to true. Get it, to get it That's into true. your memory. You want to make it yeah. part of your vocabulary. Yeah, when she was lecturing us about what surge meant, you know, she made sure uh, to, to uh, uh, the, clarify the fact that we're not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea philosophy. <laughs> The idea that is, if another is coming into population that isn't, that this is an invasion of who we are. Jesus, name uh, uh, anybody. I mean, what did the, what did the Gauls call it when the Romans went into their land? Uh, you know? Armageddon. After about seven yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, they called it an invasion. Uh, what did what did what did the Bantus call it when the Zulus went into their <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into their territory? I think they called it an invasion. Jesus. Yeah. Well. What yeah. a what a klutz. The first. The when the first... Mongols went into China, what did the Chinese call? It? Look, the first thing you have to do in order to disembowel your opponent's arguments is you have to change the language yes and change it so that there's no way that they can really describe what it is that's happening because if you inhibit people's ability to describe reality with terms that have real meanings then you make it more difficult for them to argue against you and that's the entire point this this policing of language is nothing more than an attempt to constrain your ability to debate them yeah, and they don't want debate, and that's why you get this word salad. Yeah, they're so convinced that they're right that no possible, there's no possible good faith debate that could be had. Right, exactly. And when you're that sure of yourself, you're too dangerous to have power. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read an article this week that was was kind of interesting. It was an, an American thinker, and and. Um, compared what's going on now to the Salem witch hunts and made a pretty, pretty convincing uh, case. Uh, 
you know, during that time, um, it was just really a bunch of hysterical teenagers accusing uh, people they didn't like of being witches. I mean, that's basically what it was. And if you think about it now, uh, the accusation is racism. Uh, and you, you, all you have to do is smear somebody with that and nobody investigates it or anything. You're a racist. Um, I mean, it's, it's, and during the Salem uh, witch hunts, the leadership just kind of stepped back or didn't lead or caved. And that's, that's pretty well what, what we see now. Well, that's after all, who wants, to, who wants to be on the side of the witches? That's a very well, that's dangerous it. position to be in. Exactly. And so the, 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 uh, the accusers were, were able to run riot for a while. Uh, and that's sort of the plot, you know, the, the, the climate we have now. Uh, he, he makes the difference. He makes one point that I thought was really good as he said, you know, primitive 17th century communication ensured the witch hunt remained localized in Salem. In contrast, today's tra uh, traditional and social media enable our modern day witch hunters to spread their accusations instantly across the nation. And, and he's right. I mean, we've seen this a thousand times. Uh, you know, where, where somebody gets smeared and months later we find out there was all horseshit, but they're ruined. Yeah, it's they're too gone. late for them. Yeah. They're done. And yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've I, gotten to the point now that I'm just waiting for whoever it is who actually has some sort of public power uh, to just stand up and say no. Yeah. No. Interestingly, right now, interesting right now is Cuomo. <laughs> uh, uh, Governor Cuomo is just saying, "Screw you, I'm staying." His, as Donald Trump was for his movement, an imperfect messenger for that movement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but no, you're right. Somebody is going to have to stand up and say, "Screw this! We're not playing this game anymore." Because right but now, it's take... because right now, regular people and look, I, I I I talk to people who have expressed this to me. Like, I just don't say stuff on Twitter or Facebook or anything yeah. else anymore because I don't know who's looking and I don't know what I'm going to say that's going to you know get my employer to say, "Hey." You know, you're some sort of you know, troglodyte. We have to fire you because you're putting our company at risk. Um, right now, the fear is still, just as it was in Salem for a while, fear is still the dominant mentality. And it's going to take something to break for someone just to say, you know what? How about this? How about you go fuck yourself? Yeah. And when people start doing that, that damn will break. But yeah, and that hasn't and happened. That's, and that, well, that's the point that this this fellow makes uh, on the Salem witch thing. He, he talks about the McCarthy, uh, Joe McCarthy, and his reign of terror, and how that ended. Basically, you know, have you no decency? Uh, it, it ended. It stopped it. Uh, ultimately, the, um, uh, the the Salem witch trial uh, hunts uh, faded out, but but they did so much damage, so so much uh, discredit to the Puritan theocracy that it basically permanently lost power. 
And, uh, you know, if if that's the case and if that's the way it works and it, and uh, we see that uh, happen here, who is going to be discredited then? Well, it's going to be those that that have backed this and those that have uh, uh, promulgated this and enabled this. And that that is the left. That's yeah. the left generally and the Democrats specifically. And while all of these, you know, lefties were sort of in their own little echo chamber and they weren't affecting our daily lives. Nobody really cared. Right. And now they've gotten to the point where they're confident enough to start affecting our daily lives. And yep. that's where I expect the rubber to start hitting the road. When you start messing around with people's lives and they've lived their entire life and things have gone okay and all of a sudden you're going after them, that's where people are going to have to start saying no. And once they yeah. do that, you know, all of this power that these people have is really only social power. Well, and it's handed to them because no one will stand up. And the second they lose that social power, it'll be gone forever. Yeah. You know, when I, I remember seeing uh, a few years ago students screaming uh, in a, uh, I think it was, it may have been Cornell, uh, in a professor's face. And him bowing down and groveling. And, and I'm thinking, my God, who runs that place? Well, it's not the professors. It's not the administration. It's the students. And it, you have to flip that role again. Somebody has to be the adult and take charge again. Somebody has to actually, you know, take these uh, little know-nothings by the scruff of the neck and say, shut up. You're done. Well, sooner or later, people will realize that they can't be appeased and they can't be satisfied. No. And there's nothing you can do that will turn them off. And look, Evergreen College is a perfect example mm. uh, of this. You have an administration that just completely uh, gave in to the students. They ran uh, Brett Weinstein and uh, Heather Hying off the campus. Um really just destroyed their academic careers now. I mean, they, they're, they're pretty much unhirable at any university. And the university just completely caved. Okay, fine. How's their enrollment doing? Eh, not as good as it used to be. At all. Because, you know, parents, you know, know what's going on at these places when, when it becomes that public. Um, the thing is, there's so much damage that can be done while these popular delusions burn themselves out yeah i know um you know and, and they're in the mainstream that's the thing um cnn wrote a um an article this week about south dakota's governor issuing an executive order banning transgender athletes from women's sports and in that article two these two paragraphs appeared Though the two executive orders signed by Noam <clears throat> do not explicitly mention transgender athletes, they reference the supposed harms of participation of, quote, males in women's athletics, an echo of the transphobic claims cited in other similar legislative initiatives that transgender women are not women. The order also referenced, quote, biological sex, a disputed term that refers to the sex as yeah. listed on a student's original birth certificate. It is not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth, and there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. 
That's the most evidence-free sentence you'll ever hear. You know, who was on on the 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 tail of the trail of that was somebody who was going out this week saying, "Well, you know what we really should do is just take uh, sex off of birth certificates because you really oh. don't know." what sex a child is until they're old enough to decide for themselves. Let me say this about that. This, this is my simple way of making that happen. If it, if the baby has dangly parts, it's a male. If it doesn't have dangly parts, it's a female always has been that way. Always will be that way. What you decide is of no consequence whatsoever to nature. Yeah, and that was the thing that got me about that Washington Post article because I mean that's just that's just a denial of basic biology. It's yeah, funny how the just, people who, it is it's an assertion. That's all the hell it is. It's funny that the people who claim to love science so much really dislike science whenever it interferes with their preferred political positions. Correct. And so what they've done is is they've they've done or they've taken a mental disorder disorder and they've glorified it and 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 uh, and, and they've you know it's become a cult uh, and you have to be a part of the cult or <clears throat> you know you're a heretic. Well, there was a suggestion in the UK earlier this week that what we should probably do is just give hormone blockers to all children until oh they God. reached eighteen and then allow them to choose their choose their gender please do please do because within three generations the vikings will be back and it'll be an empty place <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine anything stupider but you know this you know I, we've talked about this many times and the, these things are getting out in the mainstream now but these used to be drunken uh uh dorm room chats you know at two o'clock in the morning you'd say something stupid like that and everybody would laugh at you now people put this out in freaking major newspapers and you're supposed to take them seriously. Well, not just take them seriously, but accept what they say as truth. Right. You know, lived experience mm, or whatever it is now. Yeah. That's Personal it. truth. What, what, it doesn't matter what your facts are. It's your lived experience is just as important as any, you know, right. inconvenient facts. Right. Well, Even if you're a loon. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite phrases. Well, you know, he's just telling his truth. Yes, that's mine too, boy. And what's that based on? His perception of things. But what if things are different? You know, facts. Uh, what if uh, I can prove to you? That what he's seeing isn't real. Well, that's his experience. That's his, we have that, to that, believe it. That's his truth. We have to accept his yeah. truth. Yeah, we have to accept it. That's no. first the way of all, he sees it. First of all, it's not his truth. It's no one's truth because we know it not to be the truth. Right. But it's his delusion. And that's what we used to call it. <laughs> yeah. You but know. apparently you get in trouble if you call it a delusion now. You know, I guess now if you go to a psychiatrist, they would just tell you, well, you know, I guess your truth is that you are Napoleon. Yeah, there you go. And that means I'm out of business, said the psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got nothing to treat. It's, it, it, and it just, the hits just keep on coming. And these yeah. loons that we keep electing to Congress... Uh, especially this bunch are just not going to be satisfied with uh, anything. And 
things like HR one. I mean, you know, we in a normal world they would never fly at all. But mm-hmm. can you count on Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski not to vote for HR one? Can you count on them not to support the filibuster for a lot of these things? I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, the rot has spread far and wide. And yeah. If you expect well, rationalism I, I, coming out of Washington D.C., you're you're just as crazy as some of them. I found uh, found it interesting that you know Joe Manchin's the guy who's uh, on the edge there, and they're all talking about Joe Manchin voting on this side or Joe Manchin voting on that side, and how important Joe Manchin is to the survival of filibuster. And about the same week, Joe Biden's administration appoints Joe Manchin's wife to a plum little no work job. Yeah, funny how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's almost as if this whole thing is a is some kind of scam. You think? You know, once you get into politics, you well, you can either end up at a lobbying company or or <laughs> do lobbying or plenty of other. I, the British have a great name for them. They call them quangos. These, these jobs that pay you money that don't require any work at all, but that you get appointed to by governments to sit on a commission to write a report that will, A, never be written, or if it is, will never be read. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's how Kamala Harris came up. You know, Willie Brown appointed her to two no-work jobs and then helped her get elected to uh, the AG's position and then senator and then for one term and then vice president yeah and not only vice president but she will be president sometime within the next four years joe biden can talk about his re-election but i think we all know including joe that that's not going to (laughs) happen now joe may not know (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's never it's never a good bet to place money on what joe biden knows or doesn't know (laughs) That's well, right. actually, it's pretty good bet to place money on things Joe Biden doesn't know because the universe of those things is probably pretty large. Well, hey, Bruce, have a great week. We will look forward to talking right. to you next week. You bet. Take care. So long. You've been listening. To- oh, sorry. I turned down the wrong thing. You've been listening to Observations, the Q&O podcast for Friday, 2nd of April, 2021. On behalf of Bruce McQuain, this is Dale Frank saying thanks for listening. Hope you're listening again next time. Until then, have a great week, everybody. So long. So long.